Okay, all right. It is Sunday night, uh, January 17th. 17 days into what is 2021. and uh, Just 2020 part two. That's all it is. <laughs> and this is the Getting Off Topic podcast. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Byron. This is Meg. Yay. And Byron eating uh, pizza. Woo. And I'm very jealous. Um, uh, I mean, it's just Safeway brand, so. Oh, that's all good. Meg, Meg uh, came out of the shower uh, like uh, at like 8.30 and she's like, hey, uh, what do you think about dinner? And I was like already eating a bowl of granola. <laughs> and she's like, oh. <laughs> she's like, I was thinking about junk. And I was like, well, you should have said something earlier. <laughs> That is not how this conversation <laughs> went earlier. What? Basically. Yeah. Whatever. Basically. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, you guys. We're in 2021. And um, thankfully, everything is A-OK, isn't it? <laughs> nothing <laughs> Nothing of note has happened lately. We're all just uh, able to kick back and enjoy our geek news. <laughs> And uh, I mean, it, it's it's either that or you know, hyper, uh, hyper fixate on you know bullshit you can't control. You know, <laughs> so I'm just gonna read thousands of uh, issues of comic books from the 1970s. How about that? That sounds wonderful. I'm yes. Playing hours and hours of the same video games. What do you? Playing? Hey, that's what they're made for, right? Exactly. I've been I've been playing. I just I was playing State of Decay two earlier. Oh, I love that game. I love that franchise. Oh man, it's 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 definitely a favorite. It's I, I play it through Game Pass on Game Pass for PC, and um, I randomly started playing it about six to eight months ago, um, and it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I heard about this game once upon a time, and I never played the first one, and I installed it, and. I was just going to pop in, play, you know, just check it out, see what it's about for like an hour, about 15 hours later. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep. yep. It's definitely one of those games where you can do both. You can, you can, it's like the, the old, the old joke for civilization. You press that next turn and then somehow it's 20 hours later, you haven't eaten. Yeah. And you, the, the last time you went to the bathroom <laughs> the sun was is on coming a Thursday. Up. Yeah. Or and, or it can um, also be one of those games where you can dr- It's actually the year 10,000 <laughs> and there are, are gray-skinned mole people that are clubbing seals to death. Yeah, it's the Praise the mole man. Yeah. The HD Wells time machine and uh yeah, you find yourself uh, in the two uh, in caught in between the two warring factions of humanity what is remains of humanity. How is my PC still being powered? <laughs> 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 Don't Where question. is this electricity coming from? <laughs> uh, so, speaking I, of that, Tony, there's actually oh, some okay. news that uh, you would probably be interested in because I know you played uh, New Vegas a fuck ton. Oh, that uh, yeah, I did see this news. Yes, Fallout New Vegas Frontier has been AKA Fallout Portland. Fallout Portland. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. The frontier, uh, the P- PNW, right? Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah, has finally been released after about ten years in development, and it's a fully voice acted, fully quest, ex- full game expansion, full size map for Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, it yeah essentially... I was saying. 
double. Uh, I heard. Mass. I heard that it was. Yeah, I heard that it was about the same size as the Capital Wasteland. Yeah. Wow. In terms of uh, the the game files gameplay. in general are larger than the game. The uh, the the mod files are larger than the actual <laughs> game files and expansion <laughs> files. Well, I mean, a lot of that is going to be like texture sizes and yeah. that type of thing. Yeah, for sure. I I read a little bit on it. Uh, there's, I mean, there's even new like game mechanics in it. I think they said there's a little bit of driving. Yeah, they 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 somehow managed to get driving in the game. That wasn't that that was something not even Bethesda could do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Bethesda wanted to, uh, but both it got cut from Wasteland because they were going to have motorcycles in the in the uh, in Fallout Three, but they got cut pretty early in development, and then they tried it again for Fallout Four. They couldn't get it done, and Obsidian couldn't get it done for New Vegas either. So, um, it was uh, hilarious to watch when Meg was getting through Skyrim just after I had finished Breath of the Wild, and like in just enjoying the hell out of the smooth, majestic wonderland of of riding a horse through Hyrule, and then. Meg gets on a horse in Skyrim and it is the most clunky mechanic. It's just <laughs> oh, janky as hell. It's just <laughs> Somehow so bad. the horse ends up on a roof in Breeze home. Yeah. Dude, my character would literally stand on top of the horse, like not even <laughs> oh, sitting down, just standing the, on it. You got the T pose, the power, the, the power move bug. Yeah. And I hated the fact that the horse would always attack the nearest enemy. So it would block stairs, it would block entrances to castles or dungeons or whatever, and I'm like, just fucking move! Yeah, I always had to mod that to to get the horse to like Ugh. stay far back or or not or or be passive or something. Uh, I thought that but was you... the one cool mechanic. I mean, I see now how it can be annoying with blocking places, but I thought that was badass when I just looked up and noticed, oh, your horse is fighting the dragon with you. That's rad. <laughs> it's awesome until the horse dies to one dragon breath. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I'm I'm really excited about Fallout the Frontier. I might actually uh try to do a full stream of of that game on my gaming channel. Um the, uh Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, the, yeah. I, I just uh, I, and I've actually met a couple of the the people who worked on the game. Um, a couple of them work at uh, this this place called Ground Control in Portland, which is a it's a barcade, but it's gigantic. It used to be one building. Now it's they bought the the surrounding build. They bought the other side of the building that they didn't own, and now it takes up almost in, like half a entire city block. Jesus. Um, and it is legitimately one of the coolest barcades I've ever been in, cool. at, ever. If you ever come to Portland, it is a absolute must see because it's very impressive. Um, so uh, yeah, Meg went to Costco um, the other day, yesterday, I think, mm -hmm. and uh, just went for some random supplies and texted me a picture like, oh, "Fucking Costco!" And as soon as she had walked in the door, there in front of her was a beautiful MSI gaming laptop. Um, I forget, it's like the G75 series or something. Uh, tempting the shit out of us. <laughs> to my, uh, gaming laptop. my, um, I have my, the, my video card is MSI, my 3070. I have the twin fan OC. Yeah. So good. We we have um, 
kind of a, it, well, this is the Lenovo Yoga 730 is our laptop that we've got for, I mean, it's probably already like two years old. Um, but I looked up and the, the actual specs in it are fairly decent. I mean, it's got an NVIDIA GTX 1050 in there, um, 16 gigs of RAM. And so anyway, I went on like one of those uh, like PC game benchmark sites. Like, hey, can I actually, what can I actually run? Because I've never really run anything on this laptop. And um, I actually, I forgot that I, I had actually grabbed Doom Eternal finally on uh, holiday sales. So I went ahead and loaded it up just to see what would happen. And it runs, it actually ran pretty decent, but the laptop heats up like a motherfucker. And and you have to be careful with those laptop fans because they will burn the fuck out. Yeah. Even and replacing a laptop fan is a pain in the ass. Yeah. 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 I, I bought a, a new razor myself, a new razor laptop for the bedroom, and that thing. Even even dealing with games that are a year, two, three years old, it still heats up like crazy. And it's a brand new, like top of the line this year model laptop. So it's not. So that's, uh, so that's not. Just well, I mean, my... that's the thing about. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Oh, so that's that's not just a problem with this this laptop being two years old. That's any even gaming laptops are going to heat up pretty massively. Yeah. So you you want either to make sure that you have unobstructed uh, around all of the fans or to get a cooling pad. Yeah. That's I was really looking the only at cooling way to deal pads with it. on Amazon earlier and wondering if that might help. Cause I, I did a, I downloaded a little um, uh, like CPU monitor. Software. You could also try underclocking your GPU. That might help too. Okay. For thermals. Um, uh, Doom Eternal is a really performant game. Mm -hmm. it, it scales in very well. It has always been, you know, really good at scaling yeah. their well, it graphics engines. It, it definitely relies on your your twitch reflexes during higher higher frames. Yeah. So. I even dropped it down to low settings just to see if it make a difference, and it's still running fine. But all I've got a four core i seven processor in here, and all of them were were in the nineties, ninety degrees Celsius range. Which, and I started looking up online. It's like, because again, I'm not familiar with laptop gaming. And just like, hey, so what are the safe temperatures for you know, your laptop CPU? And the answers are just a bunch of dudes like giving answers all across <clears throat> the board. Sometimes, some people were saying like, oh, like these CPUs are meant to run at 100 degrees. Like, go for it. Uh, and the other people are like, oh, if you hit in the 80s, like just shut everything down immediately. So I'm like, OK, well, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's the thing is like you can run you can run at 100, 100 degrees for a period of time. But you are significantly shortening the lifespan of those. Right. Components mm -hmm. significantly. I, I remember back in the day I bought a mid range Dell laptop. Um, this is back in like 2012. 12 11 12 ish and i was playing mass spec 2 on it and i played all of mass spec 2 on this tiny little gaming laptop and um i was just in the in the heat of the summer occasionally the laptop would just shut down because it was getting too hot and mm -hmm. uh, I, I i literally bought all these fans to sit it on and it ended up i ended up burning the laptop fan completely out on the cpu fan mm -hmm um and trying to replace that i mean taking it apart 
by itself. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried taking apart a one of these laptops, but yeah, I, I actually took this not fun. I took this one apart to uh, swap out the <laughs> Wi-Fi card on it because we were having weird Wi-Fi issues, and even that was yeah. But getting to the CPU specifically, yeah, a lot harder. So in short. If I really want to do laptop gaming, I should invest in an actual gaming, a laptop specifically made for gaming. Does it have a Thunderbolt? Does it have a Thunderbolt uh, port? Uh, do you know? Could you get an eGPU? I don't know. An external GPU? Uh, and a housing? I don't know. Because if you if you have a decent processor, because it sounds like you're being throttled by your GPU. I don't know. Well, I mean, the game, like I said, the game actually ran smooth and fine and great. The problem was uh, the temperature. Because I was looking at those temperatures just going up, and I stopped. Because I'm well, like, this seems that, like excessively hot, and I don't want to. So what up. I mean by that is if you're only utilizing... If you're using an eGPU, you're not going to be utilizing your internal GPU. So the thermals will be significantly lower. So you'll be able to run things, your CPU, hotter. Because it won't have to also cool the GPU at the same time. All right. Yeah, maybe that's worth looking into. The whole reason that, that it was kind of pushing for this was, number one, because Meg saw something shiny and we were both like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but also, when I started looking into it and going like, well, you know, this could be a good solution to um, getting rid of our old clunker um, PC. Uh, because since I've been working from home, it's just shuffled off to the corner, taking up space and collecting dust. And I mean, I was planning on getting rid of it and upgrading to a new uh, a new rig anyway. But now, uh, now I was thinking like, well, it would be nice. Maybe it would be better if we just had like two little laptops, like one, you know, could be the nice hardcore gaming one, the other one for just like regular everyday shit. And we could, you know, declutter in here and get rid of that giant rig. But I mean, honestly, the, the new, uh, New laptops with good GPUs and CPUs—they're beefy. I mean, beefy. <laughs> we're we're at a point where GPUs and CPUs are very powerful, and they can run. I mean, you could, you could, if you get a new enough CPU, you could do video editing on a laptop, and you know, not even have the internal fans kick on yeah <laughs> even run crisis on it for christ's sake <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not yeah enhanced edition yeah honestly i'm i'm not like such an enthusiast of like oh i have to have like the highest fucking frame rates and and like the sharpest 4k graphics at all times or something like it doesn't really concern me too much i just don't want to damage the equipment that i have because i'm pushing it too hard you know but, I gotta have yeah. hundred. I gotta have hundred frames minimum. Minimum, <laughs> hundred frames at eight K at all times. <laughs> anyway, this is very exciting chat for the podcast. Oh yeah, this is <laughs> this has been just riveting. Absolutely. So, other than my uh, my fifteen minutes of Doom Eternal today, <laughs> uh, what what have you guys been playing? I actually recently picked up uh, Fallout seventy six again. After three years, it's finally become a decent game. So they've worked out most of the server issues. They've had multiple expansions and uh, uh, patches. And they actually have NPCs now, finally. 
So there's a fully fledged out, fully voiced acted uh, story now with multiple quest lines. Yeah, I heard, uh, I saw some headlines. I didn't look too deep into it, but it sounded like what you were describing. They essentially took um, this, that weird, the original version of Fallout 76 seemed like such a, like a, a weirdly solo endeavor yet, but also a multiplayer online thing. And, yeah, and now they, they basically, they morphed it into a fully fledged Fallout game. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still the same thing that you said. It is still a single yet multiplayer game where you can play as a team or you can play as a single player. Um, There's still some PvP aspects that almost nobody even bothers with because nobody really cares about PvP in a Fallout game. Um, But in the past, there was like this very basic story and it was about you advent you being the first one out since the bombs fell and the entire area was evacuated um you're 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 seeing what was left over from the the groups that were there immediately after the bombs fell and isn't it also the first uh vault to open up yes. anywhere yes oh, yeah. wow. it opens up 20 years like 20 years after the bombs fell so there's still people li- there were still people living in the area that that were there before the bombs fell at least before you were before you released and they all evacuated. So something had caused them to leave the area. Everybody just got up and left. Uh, it was essentially a new uh, a new plague causing scorched which are another type of feral ghouls. Um, and that caused everybody to, to leave the entire area because the entire area was infected with this. So you come out of the vault and one of the first thing or one of the, the last things you do is solve that issue. And that's what, uh, that's what uh, brings the, uh, the, the NPC characters back to the area. So the, the last expansion brings uh, NPC characters. And I think the new patch brings in the brotherhood, uh, more of the brotherhood stuff. So you get to interact with the brotherhood again. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Other than that, uh, we do have two huge pieces of gaming news. So I'll go. In, I'll go into the first. Uh, the first minor one is Ubisoft has confirmed they are making an open world Star Wars game. Yep. Star Wars cool. Assassin's Creed. Star Wars. Uh, it's actually. Did you guys play Watch Dogs? I have I not, did, but yeah. uh, that's on my list. Yeah. I played I played the, the first two. I haven't played Legion just because I don't think it looks very no, interesting at all. Did you, um, <laughs> did you play The Division? Uh, I did. I played the second one. Okay. I liked it less than Watch Dogs. But. Okay. The the people that did the divi- the studio behind The Division is the one that's developing this game. Mm, so massive. I long... have hopes that it'll look beautiful and be fucking shallow. <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, interesting watchdogs type of gameplay in the Star Wars universe wouldn't actually be too far off. No, that wouldn't be too bad. Slicing. All right. Well, along with this news came the the greater umbrella of news announcing that. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Well, let's let's go. I want to go back to that real oh, quick. Okay. Where do you think it'll be set? I mean, Coruscant, right? It could be set in multiple worlds. We could get a Knights of the Old Republic situation where you can travel between. Yeah, 
I mean, if you're going to do Star Wars open, I think world, it's possible. Yeah, you've got to you've got to have you got to be you got to have it. multiple yeah multiple locations. You can't be tied to, in an open world. Even even the the um, Dark Souls ish Star Wars game had multiple planets. Hmm. Well, for a while they were going to that. Uh, what was the canceled one? Uh, Star Wars. 1313 that was specifically in the underworld of coruscant right yeah so i actually have a buddy who uh who worked on jedi jedi fallen order and um and uh it it's an impressive game and i'm guessing um he he told me tales of of working with amy hennig Hmm. Um, before that, uh, before it was Jedi Fallen Order, when it was the the Uncharted Star Wars game, yeah. Do you remember that? Wasn't that kind of what thirteen thirteen was going to be? That style? Uh, well, it was a bunch of different things. It, at first, it was an open world game, and then it was a linear action game, and then it was etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then it eventually sort of morphed into Jedi Fallen Order, though supposedly a lot of the shell of that was lost by the time they got to Jedi Fallen Order. Give me KOTOR 3. Just give me KOTOR 3. (laughs) I mean, supposedly supposedly EA EA has been working on it this whole time. I I don't believe it, especially now if they're going to Ubisoft. If they're opening the license up to uh, multiple other developers, then I think EA is is losing its its license on the the Star Wars games. Well, EA has said I, I was reading somewhere that EA has said that they're they're still they're still going to be making Star Wars games, but it's no longer ex- they it's they're not exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Their announcement was something like "There's much more Star Wars from us to come," um, but the again the the larger uh, announcement was from what is now uh, under the classic banner Lucasfilm Games. Um, so th- and this all sort of this all sort of makes um, squ- squadrons and Jedi Fallen Order make a little bit more sense mm-hmm. if you think about it. Especially squadrons, it's EA panicking to please the fans mm-hmm. before they lose the license. You know. Mm-hmm. Give, it, just, give them dog fights. Give them dog fights for for twenty bucks. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Honestly, have you guys played Squadrons? No. It's incredible. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. It's got some of those m- fun multiplayer I've played in a video game in decades. That's cool. Um, I like that they're uh, again with this announcement saying we are now Lucasfilm Games once again, and it was like this call, like come come all ye developers, like let work with us. Uh, I think that's good. That can only that can only promote good work. You know, just the loss of Lucas Arts is still a tragedy, though. I mean, yeah. that was one of the most storied and impressive game developers of all time. Yeah, absolutely. But I think we lost all pretty much all of our developers from our childhood. We lost Sierra. We lost. They were all bought by EA and shut down. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Either EA or Activision, one of the two. Uh, Westwood, EA Sports. It's in the game because we own you all. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I am definitely looking forward to. Uh, I have one more day of work. I'm actually working the holiday MLK tomorrow, and then I am off for a solid two weeks. So there yes. will be much gaming. There will be much television. There will be much 
reading. We should see if there's a something that we can crossplay. Maybe do a uh, a recording of our stream and throw it up on somewhere. Yeah. You're saying you want to cross streams. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Egon told me not to. Okay. <laughs> Cross the streams. Uh, uh, Omega and I have been, um, well, doing our our ongoing binge of Supernatural, um, which we will for you know all eternity until you know the sun explodes. All um, what fifteen seasons? Uh, we are now mid season ten, actually. Um, oh my god! Looking, it, it picked back up. I love the Felicia Day episodes. Those are fantastic. Um, we also caught, did, did, did either of you catch uh, Nick Cage in the history of swear words? I saw the thumbnail for that, but I did not watch it yet. How is it? It was fun. It was a, a quick, uh, like six episode, you know, six, like 20 minute episodes or half hour episodes. And they just pick a different swear word and go through the whole like a history of it over time and uh and it's nick cage just embracing his caginess um <laughs> and uh oh my god i just saw yesterday oh the trailer yeah a trailer for willie's wonderland willie's wonderland yeah <laughs> oh, oh man i feel a lawsuit coming on somewhere <laughs> todd have you seen it seriously i mean it is it's not even it's the exact same premise it is, as five nights at freddy's it's five nights at freddy's plus nick cage but there's already <laughs> a five nights at freddy's movie in development right now i thought they already did one like a cheap one on the sci-fi channel or something uh i i was just reading that there is a they're starting shooting in the spring of 2021 okay this is it, this- it might be some like low budget sort of ooey bowl type of situation. This is going to be, this this is a property like Slender Man. There's going to be 15 different versions. Or that, that last Doom movie that came out, which looked even worse than the first Doom movie that came out. I forgot that existed until you just said it. I remember seeing it in my Netflix, on Netflix and realized, oh my God, this exists. And I added it to my queue. I had, I completely forgot about it until just now. I watched a YouTube review of it and it was, uh they did not think it was when, very good when you mentioned ooey bowl i literally choked on my water <laughs> <laughs> the only thing i can think of when i think of him is that fucking in the name of the king movie that he did with an amazing cast it was a dungeons and Wait, dragons what yeah it was I, a dungeons and dragons movie yeah and it was fucking awful i don't know it how was he probably kept... the worst movie i've ever watched have you ever seen the the first Dungeons and Dragons movie? Yeah, I the saw original? that one too. I I still haven't seen it. I'd love to watch it sometime. It is not that, that could be something that we uh, we do a, a feature review sure. for. We should do so. Yeah, some uh, just lost B genre movies of the or video game movies and comic listen to this movies cast. of the ages. Listen to this cast and how badly he fucked this up. This cast had Jason Statham. Lily Sobieski, and this was back when she was a big thing. Claire Ferlani, John Rhys Davies, Burt fucking Reynolds, <laughs> Ron Perlman, and Ray fucking Leota. That's a crazy cast. That is a crazy and, cast. By the way, one of the leads was Matthew Lillard. What? <laughs> In all of that cast, one of the leads was actually Matthew. Oh man, I really hurt. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so good, man. Feel so good. How in the fuck did Ron Perlman at uh like I don't know Scoob? <laughs> now I feel like we have to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, like and the Newy Bowl film uh, and Ebola apparently <laughs> there was two sequels made to it that I didn't even know happened. <laughs> One of them was led by Dolph Lundgren. Wow! And oh, the well, other well, that, one that, was uh, that tracks. L- led by Dominic Purcell, who Tony should recognize. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Nick Rory from Legends of Tomorrow, but also originally from uh, Prison Break, which I never watched. But, eh. I that is bonkers I, to me. I will say um, the Berlanti verse. Uh, some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of been. Um, kind of been falling apart lately well ever since I, I like the flash the flash is good uh i don't really like green arrow or arrow whatever i i stuck it with it be, um yeah. definitely had it ups its ups and downs in the later seasons i was disappointed to hear that they weren't uh oh that was a bit of news actually i was going to mention was they finally officially came out and said that they're passing <laughs> on the green arrow and the canaries oh the spinoff off, which yeah. bums me out because i i mean i could probably care less about the story that they were setting up for that in that backdoor pilot they did. I was like, meh, but I love those three actresses and those three characters. Like I thought, I thought I believe it, it would have grew into something awesome. I think they're toning down the entire universe because they've also, in addition to the shows that are ending black lightning and uh, Supergirl, hmm. uh, they're also, they also announced that green lantern. No mate. Well, that one's, no, they haven't announced that there won't be one of those, um, but they did say there's no there's no big crossover this year. There won't be any crossovers. Right. Well, what I meant, what what I was trying to get to with Green Lantern is that Berlanti is working on a high budget Green Lantern show for HBO Max. HBO Max, yeah, and that was part of the news too that they actually um, CW passed on Green Arrow and the Canaries, as did HBO Max too. Um, so oh well, but. Uh, yeah, it seems like that whole era, or what was the Arrowverse. Is I, yeah, kind of I think HBO Max has really recontextualized a lot of stuff because they're going to be able to have higher budgets. Yeah. With HBO Max. Yeah. And COVID also complicated things with, well, a few things complicated what was going to be the next crossover. It was specifically, it was going to be a smaller crossover to begin with because originally creatively, creatively they were like, what are they well, going to do? Already- invasion? We already, they said, we already did our huge, um, uh, how do you come back from crisis? You know, like, well, what they were planning, what they announced was next, we're going to go smaller. We're going to have specifically a Batman Superman story or sorry, Batman Supergirl story and and Superman all mixed in together. Uh, so it was going to be work. Yeah. Which that was the original plan. And then complication number one, Ruby Rose left. Did you guys watch Batwoman? I did. Um, oh. <laughs> it was my my favorite part of the show was I don't know the actress's name, but the girl plays her sister. Like she, yeah, did a she great was job. good. She was a great her. villain. Um, so I could kind of care less about you know Ruby Rose passing and then introducing a new Batwoman, but that that kind of uh, threw a wrench in the whole Batwoman, um, Superman, Supergirl 
crossover to begin with. And then they kind of skirted around it in interviews saying like, well, we all will have to rework it and see what we do. And then COVID hit and everything got delayed anyway. And then they just announced this past week that they just scrapped the crossover entirely. So, oh, well. I, I can't say that um, I'm entirely surprised, mainly just because Crisis is a really hard thing to follow up, you know, um, especially with all the crazy cameos they got. And um, uh, I, I will say that in one way, I'm a little. I just want a Batman show. I just want a Batman show sort of done in the style of Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, just, just give me a real live action Batman show. None of this Gotham Pennyworth <laughs> bullshit. I, I, I just don't understand why it's so hard to just do a live action Batman show. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they finally, after how many years of the CW slash Arrowverse, whatever, they're they're finally doing uh, Superman and Lois. Uh, which probably was going to be part of, well, I think was going to be a huge part of that crossover, introducing that, launching that whole thing. Yeah, but it's still just like a family sitcom. It's it's not it's not going to be like a full on Superman show. It's going to be like a you know the '90s Lois Lane and what was it called? Lois and Clark. Superman. Lois and Clark Adventures Lois of Superman. Clark. Yeah, yeah. Dean Kane one, yeah. Dean hey, that came. was wonderful. Oh. Hey, no, no, I loved it. I mean, yeah, uh, they even had the Superman versus the Ku Klux Klan episode in that episode, in that series. What? Yeah. Oh my god, I don't remember that. They have they have literal Nazis. That literal Nazis, not like like uh, Hydra or anything. Like literal actual Nazis. Wow. Yeah, neo Nazis. But I remember who was who was uh, Lex Luthor in that show again. <sighs> Oh God, I don't even. I haven't seen him in anything else since then. Yeah, I mean, he was solid for the time. Yeah, um, but it was a decent show. Honestly, it's, it's surprising it happened at all. Like, mm-hmm. it, it very much. It, it, when you tell someone there was a there was a sitcom about <laughs> Superman and Lois Lane in the nineties, yeah. what? I will say. Uh, um, I was a little, I was sad originally to hear that uh, Supergirl was coming to an end, um, but I, I mean it's had a good that's run. Six seasons. I think this will be season six, yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. yeah, that's a solid run. And in the last <laughs> season and a half or so, um, John Cryer has elevated that show oh, immensely. I mean, so he, good. He is an amazing Lex. Um, but yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Um, we missed down one. The, Oh. When we were when we were hyped about the uh, the whole LucasArts things, we missed one major bit of news that we didn't talk about. Oh, Bethesda. Bethesda is yes. doing a fucking Indiana Jones game. Yeah. Bethesda. Yeah, they released a little uh, teaser trailer. And uh, it is it, it is being produced by Todd Howard, so they haven't said exactly which of the Bethesda studios is doing it. So it could be. Hopefully the they just don't. Hopefully they don't use Gamebryo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah. engine that uh, Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallout—they're all on. Oh. So if they if I mean we could get we could get Gamebryo 
uh, indie, or we could get like Dishonored indie. <laughs> it, it's just, I hope it's, it's just, not Game Rio indie. It's just a Skyrim mod. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally Skyrim with indie modded in there. So what do you what do you think that would what do you think the gameplay would be like for that? What, do you think it'd be something like Uncharted? I mean, I think it. I, th- I think despite that, that the fact that I don't best. like. I don't like the the uncharted style of gameplay. I think that probably would work best for an indie indie game. Because Definitely. indie is very story driven, is very specific about the beats that indie needs to hit. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more like Tomb Raider in that you get these like these tunneled linear sections and then it opens up exactly. to more open world open world hub areas. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the perfect thing. It's like a also, what era would it be? Would it be? I mean, are they going to put it during World War II? Or, I mean, I feel I, like the I feel like the fifties, the Cold War, could be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think the uh, the little there was little bits of info in the the teaser, the teaser. had almost nothing, but like people zoomed in and uh, fucking pixel by pixeled it, and I think they they were able to, to like get a few things out that it's uh, it's probably going to be set uh, post World War II. That makes yeah. sense. That would work because you still get the flavor of World War II in the 1950s and the communists as you know interesting villains. I mean, to be fair, Indy has always sort of been the American James Bond. So, mm-hmm. you know, fighting communists is right up his alley. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely where he works best. Um, yeah. Uh, that's exciting. It should be fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's anything Indiana Jones I'm going to play. I don't care if it's yeah. <laughs> it could be quality level can differ. Uh, if it says Indiana Jones, I'm still going to play it. I want my sequel to The Dig. <laughs> the Dig. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Bring back Steven Spielberg. Have him produce it. Oh hell yeah! Give me just. Oh whole... and uh, and uh, what's his name? Terminator Two. Uh, the T one thousand. Oh, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. Yeah. He's going to be on the, the next season of Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I've been, um, so I never watched, I have a very dysfunctional relationship with Walking Dead. It's <laughs> one of my favorite franchises of all time, but uh, it, it treats me like a, like um, a bad boyfriend. The walk, yeah. The Walking Dead uh, is everybody's bad boyfriend. Yeah. And so I finally, I, they're, they're, I, I had almost written the show off. I came back for season, parts of season nine, but then I left it in the dust. Um, but I, I heard about the new episodes coming and I, I read reviews that season 10 was great. And so I'm like, well, I guess, and World Beyond came out. So I never watched Fear the Walking Dead. So I just started Fear the Walking Dead yesterday. Yeah, I need I, to get on that. And my plan is to catch up with all Walking Dead material to meet the show up as it ends yeah that's that's love, how they that's I how they get that. you they they suck you in if it's one it's one hit show that's you know long in the tooth and you can start ignoring it or giving it up or whatever but then once they do that connected universe man you're like damn it <laughs> now i gotta watch this whole thing because this is apparently good again and uh and they're all gonna culminate for their zombie infinity war damn it <laughs> <laughs> todd what were you gonna say I was just going to say, I loved the first like three episodes of Fear, and then it just became Walking Dead Part Two. Well, yeah. so I'm on episode like four, and it is, they like ramped up to a significant point, and then it's just like, oh, and now we're stuck in this like, in this gar- walled off part of the city, and the zombie outbreak 
we didn't get to see it happen. And I'm like, what? What do you? How do yeah. you screw this up? Yeah. yeah, literally, like you're on day one, and then suddenly you like miss half of the outbreak. Like, what the fuck is going on? Though I did like they did these little sh- when they, when it first aired live, they did these little shorts during the commercial, which followed like uh, two characters that were on a plane. And oh, I'll have to I'll have to check that out. Um, they're probably yeah. on YouTube, right? Yeah, I think they are. Those were really solid, really good. Oh, and little web web out. shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we get too far, bouncing back to uh, gaming really quick, specifically retro gaming, because you were talking about the dig and stuff. Um, two quick things. Number one, we had <clears throat> the return, the re-release of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I, got, I bought my physical copy from Limited Run Games. Yeah, yeah, complete edition. That will be delivered in two years. Because, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it was basically <clears throat> unavailable for eight years or something jesus yeah yeah we had pulled from the playstation network in 2012 yeah we had our copy on the ps3 um but uh i remember we played and it was maybe we just suck at brawlers now but it was hard as shit did you did you pick it up the new one no yeah not yet i bought the uh i bought the just the the cheapest um slimline switch copy that i could uh but i wanted a physical copy this time because I don't want these shenanigans happening again. You know, trust it. That's see, this is the the feeling, the 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 ugh, the the tightness of my chest that I get whenever I'm trying to switch things over to digital and streaming, whatever. Because you know, it's only there for as long as those servers are there, and or as long as they choose to keep it open. That's why I. It took me forever to let go of PT my PT scarred me. It took me forever to get uh, rid of my wall o DVDs, even though they were all just collecting dust. Now they're sitting in, you know. Don't worry, I'll pick them up for you. CD binders, but yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll see my wall of DVDs behind me in a few months. There you go. Um, it's oh, actually my uh, my tower of DVDs. Nice. There you I go. haven't completely moved into my new uh, oh, spot in my sister's place. I see that Lord been. of the Rings trilogy from a mile away. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stick like it out. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like they just came out with the UHD, the Blu-ray version, which is supposed to be like yeah. miles, miles ahead of the Blu-ray version. My my buddy Seth, uh, we were texting a couple weeks ago, and he was just said it is mind blowing the the new Lord of the Rings trilogy how it looks now in the it's 4K release, right? Yeah, I I can watched. I just, Go ahead. Can I just mention real quick that as of this year. Fellowship of the Ring is 20 fucking years old already. Uh, we old. <laughs> we fucking old. That's nuts. Where where did you see it? Tony. Did you see it opening night? No, honestly, I don't recall. I'm not sure if I saw any of them except Return of the King in theaters. <clears throat> really? I don't have any recollection of seeing fellowship or two towers in the theaters return of the king i saw first in the theaters on a random ass uh date (laughs) that uh, (laughs) shortly before me and meg were a thing um this this random person that uh i went on one singular movie date with and it was just weird and awkward we we ate at Subway beforehand, and I got the. Which fucking, theater was it? 
Uh, I think it was the Palm, Palm Promenade AMC. Okay. Yeah. I just recall being totally like zero charisma and eating this fucking <laughs> giant Pretzel? Meat, meatball marinara. Oh, okay. <laughs> just messy, like a like a child eating spaghetti. It's just fucking <laughs> a mess. And then just... watching this long ass movie in the theaters, which, you know, I, I love, but... Um, it did not make, make for a, an exciting date night. <laughs> I saw the second and third ones opening night. I saw the second one um, with Elsbeth, Eric, and Justin at the AMC Mission Valley oh, at, wow. uh, at like 1 a.m. So we were there until 5 in the morning. <laughs> oh, God. I think I saw mine at our, our, our only multiplex theater that was left in our town at that time. Because we had we had one theater that was a single screen and that played whatever the major movie was, and then we had this brand new theater who that had uh, taken over for our two smaller theaters that had shut down like right before this one had opened. So we only had basically the one theater with stadium seats. Ooh, the new stadium seating. I remember seeing one of the films with you, Byron, and I remember the theater was like completely packed. And I think it was Return of the King. Yeah, and one of our friends had to sit on the stairs because it was so full. <laughs> remember that? You were wearing I... your Smashing Pumpkins jacket that you made. <laughs> <laughs> Zero, nice. Did we, Byron? I think, I think we went in a big group for Batman Begins. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also at the AMC 24 in Mission Valley. Yeah. I think that was a midnight show. Yeah. We went to a lot. Oh, Dawn of the Dead. Did you go to Dawn of the Dead there? I think so. I think so. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, speaking of that, actually, um, I saw... I don't know if there's a new trailer out or I just saw a bunch of like uh, screenshots of all the actors for uh, Snyder's uh, Army of the Dead. That's been announced for Netflix for fucking ever but i think it's is that to come is out. that a spiritual sequel to his dawn of the dead or is it completely Maybe it's an actual i don't know if I it's, said it's, it's an actual sequel yeah. oh it is directly in the same zombie universe yeah i think so I mean, so a uh, weird rebooted romero zombie i don't know yeah. um, is it a sequel a, to day of the dead like <laughs> i don't know well it's the story it's a heist movie within mm. it, taking place in the zombie apocalypse um, and you got all these big, you know, military-looking dudes. Um, freaking Dave Batista's in there, um, and random like Tignataro's in there. Uh, just gotta love Tig. And that oh, screenshot of her, awesome look, she badass. looks badass. She looks incredible. Yeah, she looked oh, yeah. like fucking uh, Tom Cruise in Top Gun. <laughs> Whoever saw her coming as like the next big like action movie star, I, 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 I love it. I'm, I'm totally down for it. But I did not see that coming. I love it. I love when you get uh, people who start out in comedy and that's how people see them. And then somebody takes a chance on them or they just create their own project. Hey, and Jim they... was almost Captain America. So, yeah, it's true. You, you would have got a lot of like looks at the camera. <laughs> Hydra, right? Yeah. Whatever Tony Stark America's that's ass? shit. Yeah. Put the Tesseract in Jello. Yeah. <laughs> uh on top of a mega desk uh so great red um, skull's just like 
Steve. <laughs> uh, oh, there was one more. Um, one, okay, one more, and I'll let the gaming shit go. Uh, have you heard of Virtuaverse? Virtuaverse? So Meg threw on a random uh, YouTube uh, station for like retro wave stuff just to have in the background the last couple days. Yeah. And, you know, they usually play some like looped animation or something. Well, this station, they did that for the most part, but then it cut to some like advertisement, it seemed. But I mean, it looked all retro. It looked like uh, those pixel art games that you see on Steam or GOG or something. Mm -hmm. And it was actually as the retro wave music was continuing to play, they were playing a trailer for this game, uh, a little indie game on Steam called Virtuaverse. I think it's on Steam and GOG pretty much everywhere. But it's essentially a pixel art version of cyberpunk. Like it's just a like a super in-depth cyberpunk adventure, like point and click adventure game. Um, all pixel art and it looks amazing and I just checked quick reviews and everybody said it's it's incredible it's said it's incredibly difficult as far as the without a guide because the point and click adventure games <laughs> like you can get lost very easily <laughs> and not know oh, what the next step to yeah. do is <laughs> but uh but it looks incredible it looks amazing and like it comes with the whole soundtrack and everything looks great so if you if you are forlorn and uh, you know depressed about cyberpunk being horribly broken for now you can check out virtuaverse <laughs> and uh, i haven't played it yet so i can't do an official review but it it's looking pretty awesome i'm probably gonna pick that up um, if you're looking for uh like a platformer or something that's a little more casual actually no these aren't really casual games but if you're looking for something more in that vein of art style um two games that i find on uh steam that are really good indie games are fury and uh hyperlight drifter both kind of in that hyperlight uh, drifter is very good drifter. i definitely I've, I've heard good things about fury too yeah sweet okay all right moving on to uh <clears throat> some more movie news slash rumors because so much of this shit is like insiders say that blah 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 um <laughs> But I think one of the big ones that everybody's talking about this week is uh, Spider-Man 3. Um, the Charlie Cox slash Daredevil, will he, won't he? Is he actually in the damn movie or not? Uh, I mean, it seems are, pretty It seems pretty clear that at this point that he is. There are reports saying that he was spotted around the set or something and other reports saying like, oh, and yeah. And it's been rumored now for like six months. When a rumor is this pervasive and yeah. I mean, it almost... I mean, look at Luke. There were there were rumors about Luke for weeks leading up to the Mandalorian, and then yeah. turned out to be true. Yeah. Um, and with the rest of the defenders, people have been uh, uh, throwing around the idea of Kristen Ritter coming back as Jessica Jones in She-Hulk. Um, which I mean, yes, that, please, please, she would, she would fit in there. You know? Yeah, that would work perfectly. I mean, they're um, a natural team up there. Poor Luke Cage, though. Luke. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't Luke really. Cage have just got the short shrift about all of this. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. It, that I I really enjoyed it. Um, it left kind of awkward. Well, I guess it left on a cliffhanger because he kind of became. He kind of went dark side at the end, mm -hmm. and yeah, uh, he became what he was fighting. Yeah, which is exactly what everybody was warning him about. Yeah. 
I guess there's the potential of them coming back for another Defenders series where they where they resolve that arc, but I doubt it. I if, highly if, doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, more yeah. likely you might just see them sprinkled in, just like Charlie Cox and Spider Man, for example. Well, uh, and supposedly Iron Fist and um, is going to come back in either Shang Shang Chi or a team up movie with Shang Chi and Iron Fist. Just, just recast does, it, please. Does he need please to? Recast yeah. it. I mean, I'm down with Colleen. I, I would imagine they most likely will, will recast it because he just did not work. Well, it's not just him. Is he didn't put the he didn't put the time in for the fighting training. Him and the fight coordinator for both seasons and the defenders was fucking garbage. Mm. the 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 amount of cuts they did during the fight scenes was just ridiculous like i think there was one the the the, like kitchen scene where they were fighting in the back the the back stock room of a kitchen and in a like two and a half minute scene there was something like 60 cuts if you have to cut 60 times in two and a half minutes what the fuck are you even doing a fighting movie for have you ever seen that patrick h willems uh video where he breaks down one 10 second scene in Taken where there's fifth, like something like 200 cuts. Oh, it's not 200 cuts. I'm exaggerating, but it's way too many cuts for a 10 second clip. Too many cuts, too many cuts. <laughs> that actually reminds me of the story from army of darkness where at the, uh, in the final big battle, the storming the castle, um, uh, Ash is fighting evil Ash or bad Ash or whatever. And there, it's this big sword fight and Sam Raimi wanted it to, he wanted to have this one long cut, especially when they're like clashing swords while like walking up these steps and Bruce could not do it for the life of him. He could not get the choreography <laughs> down. So after several takes, Sam like just crapping all over him on the set, like on the bullhorn in front of everybody, like, fine, we'll do this one by one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and isn't there, there's a new army, uh, there's a new uh, Ash game coming out? Yeah, it's Evil Dead game coming. uh, I'm excited. I'm actually, I didn't realize that I wanted that, but now I'm like, now that I heard about it, I'm like, actually, that sounds great. Uh, Dana DeLorenzo will be back as Kelly Maxwell. Um, did you ever play care. the PS2 game or the Xbox game, the multiplayer, uh, um, Ash game? No, uh, fistful of fistful of boomstick. I think it was called. I remember hearing about it. Um, but I never had it was re- so it was supposedly really good. I've, uh, it it's one of those games that uh is really is like a really good multiplayer game, but finding a copy now is very very difficult. Oh, I bet. Yeah, anything PS2 era that's gonna be. Well, it's like the Buffy game. Uh, the Buffy game is actually really good too. Uh, there are two of them, and both of them are really well done because, you know, nerds make good, or you know, who are interested in games make good yeah. games. Well, I think we had too. we had the conversation um, maybe a month or so back about the X Files game, X Files PS. Oh yeah, it's great. Resist and serve. Yeah, I never had a chance to play that. If I you did, ever see a copy, grab it. <laughs> I did grab on. I did grab a copy uh, on GOG of the Blade Runner game, which I've heard nothing but yeah, that's a Westwood game. That game is phenomenal, and um, uh, there's a studio trying to remaster that version. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Um, okay. Moving on. Chris Evans. Um, oh. Reportedly in talks to return as Cap once again. I w- honestly, I would love that. I love, I love Chris Evans as Cap. I do uh, too. Uh, I, I really think that he was starting to get the character down. Yeah. Amazingly. And then he left the yeah. franchise. And well, there's so many other amazing Cap stories that you can tell. Yeah. yeah I, I Bring him I back love- and do Secret Empire. I, honestly, I would love, 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 love to see Secret Empire. I think the the worry is that Jimmy Hydra uh, Cap. Yeah, I think the the worry is that, and he Chris Evans himself has said this, which uh, especially when they were wrapping up, um, he wouldn't want to uh, diminish the 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 ending of Cap that they did in um, in Endgame. Like he said, it is you know they it, he had his story arc, which was kind of tricky to crack, and he believes they did it you know as perfectly as they could, and coming back in any form would just kind of diminish diminish or take away from that, which I saw um, my old buddy Hector on Twitter post about um, uh, a comic run, uh, Man Out of Time, which is probably the one that makes the most sense with him in the the parallel timeline or or in the past, you know, obviously- Living through events that he knows he can't take part in. Yeah, or finding a way to do so that doesn't, uh, you know, wreck things further in the timeline or what have you. But he obviously, I mean, him being Steve Rogers, he couldn't stand by while shit was unfolding and, you know, he had the power to stop things. It, it would probably be a, just watching that parallel universe uh, play so, out in the different. So if that was the case, who are we going to listen to? Are we going to listen to the, the writers or the directors? <laughs> wow. Because they have competing uh, methodology on how, where Cap is during all of this. Because the writers said that the reason we never saw Peggy Carter's husband was because it was Cap the whole time. Where the directors say Cap doesn't exist in this timeline at all. Right. It... I love Infinity War and Endgame, but don't try to make sense of the time shenanigans. Yeah, it's like trying to make sense of Doctor Who. Like, just don't. Just, just don't. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey bullshit. Exactly. Yeah, that was another headline that uh, Jodie Whittaker might be finishing up on Who, uh, which I just didn't actually she... caught up and watched her stuff. Which didn't she only last like two seasons? Yeah, yeah. Well, this will be season three that she's coming back to. Okay. Which I, I've been enjoying it. I, I I mean three seems to be that seems to be what they do, right? Uh, three well, seasons. Tenet. I mean Tenet, Tenet did five. Wild. They did five. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, what's his name? Only Matt, did three, I think. Matt Smith did. Matt Smith did three, three I think. Three or, or maybe, maybe it was four. four. I think it might have been four. Chris, Chris Eccleston only did one. Yeah, yeah. You know, he did bad wolf. Did only do two? I think what, so. What's that? Didn't Capaldi only do two? Yeah, that feels right. I want to say he did three, actually. I still prefer... Yeah. Um, I mean, Tenet's great. I still love Eccleston. Yeah, yeah he's always well done. He, had, uh, he came out later talking about... Uh, he had some personal issues. Uh, it was Partly, he, he didn't feel 
in as in love with the part as you know a lot of other doctors have uh, have been you know he kind of felt like he wasn't right for it but also he struggled with some personal issues he uh, he had a eating disorder he had a, a lot of a lot of shit he was going through at the time and so you know took part in his bowing out but uh, I, I think it, in that same interview he said like oh yeah like looking back on it now it would have been nice to embrace it more and if he ever my dog is barking in his sleep Oh, <laughs> anyway, um, other rumors that uh, Michael B. Jordan would somehow be returning in Black Panther 2. It's a multiverse. So that's that. That was the big thing is Black Panther was supposed to be the cap of this next few phases of of uh, of Marvel. So without him, they have to mm-hmm. scramble. So I think that's why they were possibly bringing cap back chris evans back Mm -hmm. so well we know there's going to be likely multiverse shenanigans in spider-man and uh strange too this whole phase is probably is well yeah i I agree we're we're probably going to get a lot of like like we said wibbly wobbly timey wimey bullshit in here with with different versions of characters popping up yeah anything's anything's possible or just like like... side stories monster of the week shit yeah (laughs) yep yep um that's how we could get i mean that's actually how we could get hydro cap yeah that could be fun i think if yeah if, if chris evans does come back i hope it's you know with some sort of alternate universe stuff like that just fun little side things kind of like the the what if uh show that's going to be coming well supposedly he is doing an episode of what if yeah yeah for sure um so we had a a bit of uh casting news for uh thor 4 matt oh. damon <laughs> that's cool i saw that earlier today that's pretty fun i did not see that matt damon well he was already in the last one yeah he, was. he, he played the actor playing loki that's true. so they have not said what role he is cast for we don't know if he's resuming his role as the actor that'd be funny but, if uh, they just made him somehow a main character <laughs> that that you know the actor from <laughs> i read a piece of trivia today that uh um uh james cameron offered matt damon 10 percent of the gross for avatar to play sam wow damn or to play uh whatever his name was sam worthington's character yeah and he was already locked into doing um uh climbing guy um climbing guy jason yeah. Bourne. jason, oh, jason Bourne. Bourne. <laughs> um he he was supposed he was he was already doing the second jason Bourne movie and he was like i already made a commitment to uh to Greengrass, so that you know i think he probably wishes he'd taken that couple hundred million dollars <laughs> i wanted to love I mean, the born movies but if they could have dialed the shaky cam down just like 50 percent, they would have been amazing yeah agreed yeah agreed yeah <clears throat> yeah just like uh jj and uh dialing back on the lens flare generators the future is so bright we can't I, keep it in the frame i hate 
I hate that even in Discovery, we still get the JJ fucking lens flare. Like, you're on the bridge. I ha- Why can I not see your eyes? There shouldn't be <laughs> so much lens flare on the bridge that I cannot see your face. Yeah. It's not as bad, but it's definitely still there. That's, that's well, I, yeah, I, 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 I read this thing a couple years ago that uh, the producers of Discovery, you know, Alex Kurtzman is the head guy for Star Trek now. And uh, he wanted to keep a visual consistency between the movies and yeah, which makes or at sense. least a, a visual language between the, the movies and the new TV show. So people, yeah. fans who were coming from the movies would feel at home in the TV shows. Yeah. By the way, Byron, did you watch the season finale? I, I don't want to spoil anything for Tony. I just, ha- I just want to yeah. talk. That's uh, it's what, on my to-do list for my vacation. I will catch up. Well, well, <laughs> what how about were this? The dimension, what were the fucking dimensions in that one scene that I won't talk about? What was going on with that? Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, which scene? <laughs> the turbo lift scene. Oh yeah. What the uh, fuck was going on <laughs> with that? Apparently, apparently, the inside of Discovery is the size of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah. What? What the shit? I, I mean, as soon as I, it's see, the same as, as, as the internals of uh, of uh, the JJ Prize, you know. Well, at least those kind of shot made it at sense. a brewery. Yeah, those kind of made sense with the tubes and all that running through engineering. Okay, I can get that, but that was cavernous <laughs> yeah no it was it was pretty comically oversized so tony what you know what we should do is uh when you finish star trek we'll just have an entire star trek episode yeah for sure okay so yeah we need to talk about wandavision um number one yes todd go ahead so those, those ads those. were amazing for multiple reasons a they were just good clean 70s commercial fun and B, they were moments reliving her trauma. So the first one was struck her. Well, the first one, oh, or shit, the, yeah. the first one Wait, was what? they were moments Tony. reliving her trauma. So the first one was Stark Industries, and if you remember, the Stark bomb she, is what killed her parents. And right. then the beeping of it not going off. They were saying they were sitting in their in their uh, home, not not knowing when it was going to explode. Oh my god. I wow, I did not pick up on that. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. That added like a whole new layer to this. Oh, oh. I love <laughs> I saw I saw headlines earlier but uh, um of like oh all the easter eggs included in one but I didn't bother to click on them. Well, it didn't <laughs> but, seem like there were too many. There were oh, there were, there a, were a decent amount, but Well, there was also mm. the the Hydra watch. The Hy- Hydra watch. Yeah, the Strucker. Yeah. Yeah, that one was more obvious. Lo- okay, yeah. n- number one, I love all of that. Um, number two, I I love the slow burn that how how in it they are. Like it's not just a subtle like wink and nod. Like this shit is happening. I didn't realize they were actually gonna have the structure of a sitcom. Yeah, yeah, it's just full blown. I. I think I read somewhere that uh, the producer or director actually um, uh, went and met with Dick Van Dyke and just had a little sit down with him just to Sitcom make sure they're, 
Yeah, they were getting the vibe Not right. Not that, uh... but the set designers. So one of my favorite interactions that I've ever read on Reddit happened um, after the the trailer came out for this. Architecture and interior design nerds <coughs> were going crazy for this because apparently even the, the the set dressing and the furniture that they used was rare, like vintage 70s, like super mm. expensive like furniture that even collectors struggle to find. So wow. They went deep money. into the detail for this. Well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, we talk about Marvel money, but did you did you see how the 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 credits are almost as long as the episode yeah, itself? No yes. <laughs> now it's I like, had kind of a different feel. I am a little indifferent on whether or not I liked it or disliked it. I think I was just put off because a I didn't really know exactly what it was going to be, and like I didn't know the premise of the ep- like the show except for the fact that it's Wanda and Vision and the episode as it's going along is still not giving you a whole lot of story there's it's yeah just, there's not a lot of plot it, there it, is it's like very zero plot and again it was such a slow burn <laughs> I'm just like what the fuck is this like I don't understand what's happening therefore I couldn't really enjoy it too much because I'm just waiting for a shoe to fall or so something so what it is Meg um, is it's Wanda in her mind trying to cope. Yeah. Well, we kind of like uh, on, on the second episode, we were kind of like, this has to be a simulation of sorts, you know, because there's the, the fuzzy bits with the radio. And then there's those certain moments where they're kind of zoning out and then they snap back into mm-hmm. it. The glitches in the matrix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so once we kind of got more of that, then I started enjoying the show. Cause I'm like, wow, what's going to happen? Like what's going on. <laughs> but I think initially like my first reaction right out of the gate was just like, I don't know what this is. I love the sets. I love the costumes. I love the throwback. I love all of that stuff. But in terms of story, there isn't one. So I'm not really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then they start kind of bringing in those little flakes of, of her subconscious like breaking and so that's when i started to really kind of enjoy it a little bit more well it seems like uh i, I assume well todd you said it, it she's uh, escaped into her mind trying to cope but to me it seemed um she's trapped in this simulation somewhere somebody's doing this to her and therefore the the voice on the radio somebody trying to break through wanda who's doing this to you blah blah, blah. i think i think that's intentional at this point i think i think they're trying to ride this line of is this something that's being done to her or is she doing it herself? Mm-hmm. I mean, from a comics from a comics standpoint, given meta knowledge of storylines of Wanda in the past, uh, I'm going to agree with Todd on this one. I, I I'm fairly sure that she has constructed this reality because we we also have to remember she died too. Mm-hmm. So, like, not only did her, you know, her lover die permanently and never, and, and, well, I mean, who knows with the show, but she also was snapped. So, yeah, yeah but that's she pretty traumatic. Back, so. Yeah, but, but still, I mean, disappearing into nothingness is for, is probably pretty traumatic, I'm guessing. Especially for one of the yeah, most. Look at Peter Parker. He dusted that shit off. Like, <laughs> Popped right the, Golly gee, I'm back, you guys. <laughs> Especially for one of the most powerful 
mutants in the universe. Like that's got to yeah. do something to her mind. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, so uh, one of the things that um, this this storyline seems to be uh, a loose adaptation of three specific storylines from the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first is House of M. Do you know anything about House did of M? Did you see the little cameo they they, uh, they did to like or the, the, yeah, wine the wine label? Yeah, they had. So the House of M, the, the wine label, it has the M uh the magneto m oh, okay the house of m um, and the name of the wine is, is the... like chateau m something yeah so in by house way, of m sorry but by the way did you catch uh anya from i Buffy? did actually in, in i did catch anya yeah um As, uh, it, queen, it was bugging queen-ish. me for a second and i was like wait a second and then i looked it up and sure enough it's her yeah, uh, good for her. I'm good to see that she's still acting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so House of M, and then uh, Steve Englehart's 1985 series, The Vision and the Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. which is them moving to suburbia and effectively like living out suburban lifestyle in you know G Shucks 1980s Reagan's America, yeah, um, while fighting supervillains. <clears throat> Um, and then the most recent, um, and it seems to be getting the darkness for the darker sort of take on is, um, Tom King's the vision, which is, uh, his run from 2016, which is really good. I'm reading that at the moment. Um, and it seems to be a loose sort of mix of, uh, all three of these stories, uh, to have sort of a, I, I mean, I have a pretty good idea where I think it's headed. Um, and if it is going where I think it is, oh man, it's going to get pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do love the, uh, I, I appreciate the slow burn and uh, I, I like, I, I really I like it. Like I think it's really how good. invested they are in the, the entire vibe, the, the sitcom format and everything, like every, every iota of this, they are locked into that imaginary world um, to the point where it's so jarring when you do get those little hints of the sinister underbelly of what's going on. And probably the biggest, the most effective one, I think, was, uh, I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head, so I'm going to say Kitty from that <laughs> 70s show. <laughs> when she's acting like a dementia patient or something while her husband's choking on the oh, ground, yeah. just like, Oh, knock it off. Stop uh, the, it. Stop the it. Yeah. Professor from the mummy. That moment was, yeah, that moment yeah. was really, really good. It was very effective. Yeah. So creepy. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I, the, the neighbor though, I forget her name in real life. Oh, uh, Catherine Hahn. I think oh, Catherine Hahn. Favorite. Yeah. She's fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that she has a significant element to do with this whole all these shenanigans. I think she's probably the villain. Yeah. Honestly. I think she's probably the villain too. Well, so yeah. it looks, yeah. Well, I like that they're, even though they're like, they seem to be jumping through eras because when they started out, it was very, I love Lucy. It was very 50s. Yeah, very 50s. Um, then they shot over to more 60s. Late 60s, early 70s. Uh, yeah, Dick Van Dyke yeah. she gets, she gets like, you know, pants uh oh and the bewitched like intro oh that was so amazing that was great 
yeah. the animation segments, yeah. those were effective. When oh, when yeah, Vision the, literally gets gum stuck in the works, gum in the gears, oh, yeah, that was so good. Drunk was Vision good. was amazing. Um, that was just so good. Yeah. Did anybody else? Paul Bettany. I've never. Did anybody else get like a little bit of David Bowie vibe from Bettany playing that right there? A little bit. Yeah, I did. Paul yeah, Bettany is a Bowie doing a bio, biopic. No, yeah. Tall. He's a little old for the role, but he could do like do tall, 80s scrawny, and 90s era yeah. Bowie. Tall, scrawny, pale British dude. I mean, it, it works. Thin White Duke. Thin white Duke. Um, Thin you know, I, I, I really do think it's impressive. You know, Marvel and Kevin Feige have had so many successes at this point that they really do have the capital to be able to take big swings right now. And this seems like a definite, because this is the type of show that could open up um, the MCU to a larger fan base because of the, the type of stories that they're telling, you know, and, and the format, it's not big action set pieces, at least not yet. Um, I, I think they have the ability to take really big risks and this is exactly the type of thing that they should be doing. It's, it's the type of stories that Marvel told in the eighties and the nineties that were so effective and, and uh, right later revisited in the two thousands to rate great success with like uh, ultimate ult- ultimate line and stuff like that. I think these, these are exactly the types of stories they need to be telling right now. And I'm really, really impressed by, by the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do we know with your comics knowledge do we know who potentially the beekeeper is um there's some there's some speculation that it might be swarm um i don't really think that's that's a little too on the nose as far as i'm concerned um i i think the beekeeper is probably like i i honestly don't that's it's a little too esoteric for me to really guess. It, it feels like a, a a lost like misdirection, you know? Yeah, I, like the polar bear or something. Like smoke monster. Yeah, smoke, I think yeah, it was just exactly. a smoke monster. Really, like she completely noped it out of existence. So, I think it was just <laughs> um, he was he was wearing a sword logo on his back True. though, and uh, oh, and the yeah. the people on the outside that were like manning the switchboard and watching the television. Yeah, the, their, their pamphlet, their pamphlet also had the sword logo on it, and sword is like sort of the uh, in the comics, it's the intergalactic version of shield. Um, in the MCU, supposedly it's already been referenced, and it has a different out um, acronym than the mcu or than the that's comics what version. Uh, chloe bennett was doing at the end of uh of agents yeah. of shield yeah right yeah um so i would imagine that it's sort of just like a reformed shield because shield sort of went the way of the dodo mm-hmm. um you know got all got some hydra in there and couldn't get it out <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Yeah, you know, you need a roto rooter. When they did, um, um, when they did zoom out to the, uh, you know, the people at the controls and everything, everything. I mean, the controls outside of this <clears throat> simulation or whatever the hell, um, even those looked very retro. 
I mean, it looks yeah. Like, so I, it I looked think like it might, looked like the opening zoom of Fallout. <laughs> I think what might be happening is I think I think that Wanda might actually be transmitting her thoughts to an actual physical television. Yeah. Hmm. Right. And it, it probably has to do so with growing up things. in Sokovia, watching American sitcoms on television. That's that was her coping um, mechanism, basically. Exactly. Right. So it's yeah. so it's probably probably tied to some of uh, some of her trauma. And I would not be surprised if we see uh, uh, another Maximoff at some point. Yeah, that would be a good cameo for him. Quicksilver. There's mm. also rumors that uh, if you if you remember the two commercials, it was the same actors for both. Those could be her parents. Oh yeah, that's true. That's that's a good oh, one. I didn't notice that. Huh. There's also some other speculation that the various characters um, that we've seen thus far that some of them are actually, and it would it would it would. Uh, be direct references to that Steve Englehart 1985 Scarlet uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch run that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly, there's like six of them or seven, supposedly, and there's seven characters in this run that end up being secret supervillains. Um, not including um, the African American woman we saw, because there has been some meta knowledge in the trades of of we actually know who that is hmm. have you heard about this no speculation or confirmed? it's pretty it's, much confirmed it's barely it it's pretty much confirmed that it's uh um monica monica rambeau uh who was in next wave agents of hate and was actually technically the first female captain marvel um also named Photon in other uh, comics. But we've already seen her. She was in Captain Marvel. She was in the movie. She was the young girl. Right, right. Yeah, I was going to say that name sounded familiar. So supposedly, the idea is that she became a sword agent. And she is deep undercover in Wanda's mind. And that's why she doesn't know. Because when we first see her, she's like, how did I get here? Or she's like, Mm. or they ask her, who are you? And she's like, I don't know. Hmm. Where are we from? What is our story? Interesting. Where are we from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. All right. A plus. Can't wait till hmm. next week. Well, so w- which? Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Which yeah. which episodes did you prefer? Yeah, I oh, love both I, of them. But the second one, them, I think, was better. Uh, I think the second one was better. I mean, too. Drunk Vision. I, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if you can top yeah. Drunk Vision. All that is pretty. You know, fantastic. and it, it really is. They lucked out that they got to to such perfect performers for these roles. Um, I mean, yeah. she's really killing it as oh. as this iteration of the character. She is absolutely oh, yeah. not. She is channeling her, Lucille Ball to a T. Absolutely, her voice, the inflection that she has, that that's, yeah, that that's sitcom actress inflection is so perfect. The facial expression, it's like it's very, very fifties, yeah. just 
just getting away transitioning out of the full-fledged like transatlantic accent of the yeah. like 30s and 40s films like it's it's very it's so spot on i i, I recognize that I was like holy you shit know, that's crazy who sort of looks a little bit out of sorts is uh paul bettany uh, he's he was good in the second episode but it seems like he's i've never seen him do comedy before and he's doing a good job but it seems like he's not as comfortable doing the comedy as he is doing drama. Yeah, I would say that. But he did, he did know. serviceably. He did really well. He's, he's doing he's doing a good job. But I think uh, she is so good that at yeah, this that she's carrying thing. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think I kind of chalked it up to um, uh, just his portrayal of Vision, kind of being, you know, the sort of bumbly robot trying to be human, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's so much of him being shaky with comedy as the character being shaky with, with everything. It, with That's true. Being yeah. a person. <laughs> yeah. With everything. Also, yeah. because how is he even, how is he even alive? Is he alive? Like, I mean, can you, can you, I think he's just a construct you, in her mind. Can you pull blood yeah. from a stone? Hmm. Mm. Wibbly wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Blair. <me. laughs> and, yeah. and long-term if, if they're going where, because so at the end of the second episode, it, it reveals that she's pregnant and right. Uh, that significantly hints towards um, the future of the storyline because um, that leads directly into the Steve Englehart 1985 story, but also directly into House of M. Mm-hmm. House of M because has the, huge the, implications. Huge, huge, huge implications. And so, what? Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. So, what? Uh, what shows do you think they're going to be emulating for the next era? It would be the 70s. Uh, I would imagine uh, TGIF comedies mm. so like step by step i think the next one uh, is going to be or maybe even a certain other show that maybe two young starlets may have grown up on <laughs> full house might be a little too on the nose but <laughs> well, those, are, those are 90s it looks like they were heading into like yes. 70s era 70s eras is I mean, next so i think they're probably going to go like a leave it to beaver kind of thing well, even Leave It to Beaver was 50s. Yeah, true. Um, 70, I mean, 70s. Oh, uh, Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch? Yeah, Brady Bunch. Is... Brady Bunch, yeah. In fact, from the trailers, you can see that their home looks almost identical to the Brady's home. What if they just went straight all in the family and they had uh, somebody <laughs> being... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. No, but uh, eventually I would imagine Step by Step or TGIF era Full House. Mm. Full House, like you said, might be a little too on the nose. But um, yeah. uh, but they've even said that they're going to emulate uh, Modern Family eventually. Really? Yeah, that's going to be the last one. Or oh, wow. the most recent one is going to be Modern Family. Oh, geez. Oh, they even said that they're going to um, they're going to ape The Office as well. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to be uh, a vision. Do you, do you think Wanda watch? Do you think Wanda was a big John Krasinski fan? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh man, if Rain Wilson shows up, 
you know, Rain Wilson would actually he would make a pretty great Marvel villain as somebody like the oh. thinker or something. Oh God, yeah. Huh? I don't know. Date Mike <laughs> makes a date Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Rain. What did I just see him in? Oh, he was in Discovery, of course. He Discovery, was in, yeah. He was mud. Harper, uh, Harcourt Fenton Mud. That was a great episode. Him taking over the ship. Um, you don't forget to watch the short treks because he's in a really good short trek too. Oh, jeez. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll check those out too. Oh, oh so much, so much homework for me on my vacation. <laughs> huh? I'm just realizing now we won't see his character. Uh... Yeah, we won't see him ever again. Damn. Well, I mean, that's never say never with true, Star Trek, true. but mm. yeah. but most likely, yeah, I don't think we're going to see Mud anytime soon. Well, we might see him in Strange New Worlds. True. Yeah. Oh, yes. Good point. Right timeline. Good point. <laughs> it would be a little awkward because he'd be like, I've been on this ship before. <laughs> uh, all right. What are, little, what are little girls made of? That's a creepy ass line. Yeah. <laughs> that's the episode. That's the episode that he's in he's got robot whores <laughs> uh, between this between walking dead between star wars marvel all of these interconnected universe universes is it's too much and the end of the snyderverse too and the end oh yeah yeah well that's yeah that's a they uh were there was back and forth this uh this week people freaking out over like how long is it how much is it going to be and um i guess they reiterated it's a four-hour movie event um but i think beforehand zack snyder said oh it could be up to like a six-hour miniseries or something like that but they then they reversed course on that and said no no it's a it's like a four-hour movie is what they're shooting for Okay, because <laughs> I've always wanted to watch The Godfather as a DC movie. <laughs> that seems like with all of his, he's been trying to Godfather all of his superhero movies, and to varying degrees of success. Well, and even Batman versus Superman pretty much was just an extension of Man of Steel as it is. Yeah. Uh. I still love that first Man of Steel. That's Man of Steel's good. It's a good yeah. movie. I rewatched it recently, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. I think the action scene at the end is about twenty-five minutes too long. Yeah, the the, the rest of the movie is good. There, like we can only watch so much nine eleven times a hundred. Yeah, it, like, it, literally it, all of Metropolis. It gets destroyed. grating towards the end, and um, his minions. Like they don't really add anything to the fight. Uh, Richard Schiff is in the movie for like ten minutes, and then he dies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, another in other news of uh, big bads, um, Thrawn, who we were we've been guessing about. Uh, apparently, I don't know if it's actually confirmed or just rumors, but um, the headlines are thrown around. Lars Mikkelsen, who voiced Thrawn in Rebels. Um, supposedly being confirmed to play him live Mads action. Mickelson? What's that? Lars. Mads Mickelson? Lars Mickelson. Um, oh, is that his brother? I don't think there's a relation. I actually looked it up. Oh. So he's like, uh, who Lars? Who's this? But I looked up and apparently uh, he, he he actually he voiced 
he voiced Thrawn in Rebels. Yeah, the voice fits, but he also fits the look. He's he's very tall, thin, lanky looking dude. Yeah. Painting oh, I could blue. see that. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of him. Yeah. So he has been cast? It's rumored so far, oh, okay. I believe. Um some depending on which version of the which which news site you go to, they'll say, Oh yeah, it's confirmed, and others say it's rumored. So that's like Did you all... did you see the rumors that uh all of the Mandalorian is leading to a direct adaptation of the heir to the empire. Heir to the empire. Yeah. 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 I think that that is a pretty significant rumor. Yeah. Um, well, they're definitely doing their, I mean, it's clear they're doing some version of, uh, I mean, you know, Thrawn is obviously the big bad to come. Yeah. Uh, which they, it's probably, I mean, they're all leading, all these shows are going to lead to. Would we get Luke then? <laughs> there was other there was other like geek, there were geek hopes out there that uh yeah. uh no knowing that it's you know expensive and complicated to get luke skywalker to keep showing up um there there people were speculating like oh well you gotta have some other uh escort to bring grogu back along for the ride so could we possibly get mara jade at some point maybe <laughs> Well, and if you think about it, um, uh, Ezra is out there somewhere. Yeah, which, he could uh, he could fight Joris Kaboth. Boeth. Boeth. Saboeth. Saboeth. And that plays into the uh, the rumors and and hearsay out there. Salamiri. That Ahsoka's uh, show is essentially just going to be a full blown Rebels sequel. So, you know, we'll, we'll see Sabine. We'll, we'll see the, the search for Ezra. Uh, that would make sense. Play out. And yeah, this all culminate with I mean, know, Thrawn. I, I, I do think um, an heir to the Empire trilogy would be... That would be amazing, first off. It would be uh, great, but they'd have to rewrite, rewrite so much of it to fit in yeah. with the, the canon. Yeah, I mean, very, very loose adaptation. I feel like they, I feel like they could... They could do it though. I mean, it's the the Imperial Remnant is still it still exists, but in in the the new movie verse, the Republic takes a very much backseat when it comes to the military. Yeah. There are no major fleets. Like now, there there there's one defensive fleet that covers the main uh, homeworld of Hosnian Prime. They yeah. don't have like the third, the fifth, the seventh fleet, you don't have all of that. You don't have Admiral Akbar and home one going out with Han Solo and hunting down. So now space you have pirates. Rangers, Rangers of the new Republic who do the, the, the peacekeeping. So, yeah, so X-Wing, X-Wing, X-Wings. X-Wing pilots have taken over for the Jedi, apparently. Pretty much. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, back in the, uh, Marvel biz. Ethan Hawke. Apparently. Oh, yeah. Joining as the big bad in Moon Knight. That's pretty cool. You know, I I still I still am a little sad that Ethan Hawke didn't get Doctor Strange. (laughs) He would have been a good Doctor Strange. Because I actually think especially with the type of work that he he's doing now. uh, You know, I, I really like um What's his name? Shakes. Uh, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Benedict, Benedict Cumberbund. Um, 
Bengal bird but, slapped you back. But Ethan Hawke, he's got that that brooding down in a way that I think that Benedict doesn't really. Yeah. Uh, Benedict does the more cocky thing, which kind of, especially in the MCU, it's it. You know, it's just. See, we're, but in the we're comics, replaying, we're replaying in the comics. RDJ Strange isn't isn't just Tony Stark too. He's yeah. he's a very different, much he's much more thoughtful than Tony is. Yeah, and after the in the origin movie, it really just was kind of for me. It was <laughs> underwhelming because it's like, oh, it's just Tony Stark the sequel. Um, yeah. Diet Tony Stark, you know. <laughs> uh, but he was more of a dick than Tony ever was. Yeah, he, yeah, he really is sort of. He's he's yeah. less likable than Tony ever yeah, was. That's exactly. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Tony was um, trying to be funny and likable. See, and that's what I'm just... saying is if they had if they had focused on him being more like depressed and uh, sullen all the time, I think he would have had a little bit more of a unique characteristic to him, more of a sort of um, a tragic figure rather than um, like we said, Diet Tony Stark. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Tony Stark 10. Now with less steady issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was just the... Uh, uh, oh, what is it? What's the Have they said what, who that the villain is going to be? No, no, just speculation. Um, I, I'm not that familiar with Moon Knight. That Moon Knight show is going to be amazing. Have you have, have, have you all ever read the Warren Ellis Moon Knight uh, run from a few years ago? Uh, I'm completely on Moon Knight, but I don't talk about this. It's great. It's it, it pretty much the the way that it works is uh, Warren Ellis takes all of the main uh, the three main a- approaches to the character that have existed for the last like 40 years. And he integrates all three of the major different takes on the character into one maxi character. So he acknowledges all of the previous histories of Moon Knight and ties them into the story of the book and so it's a really good primer for the character because you get introductions to all of his different backstories yeah um, and you get a really great moon knight story uh, yeah i did i did glance at an article that was talking about that over the years he's had wildly different iterations and different oh uh, wild origins. yeah like for a while he was like a james bond type mm. um didn't he take over his daredevil for a brief bit yeah he did mm. All right. Uh, I think that was all of the the Marvel shit that I had going on. Oh, uh, as far as Marvel movies, Kevin Feige uh, came out in a new interview and officially confirmed Deadpool 3 will, in fact, be part of the MCU proper. So this is officially where we were kind of in limbo, like, wait a minute. And Deadpool's, it'll be R-rated. Deadpool's owned by Disney now. What's going to happen here? I don't know. Um, yeah, but it's going to be in the I MCU sort of always, and it will be rated R. I sort of always figured that that would be the case just because uh, if you if you go back on Deadpool R-rated, you're going to piss off the fans so bad. And uh, Deadpool is one of those characters that is so popular and makes them so much money that they can't possibly uh, alienate the fans that way without affecting their their cash flow you know yeah um, that would be uh, deadpool cannot exist without an r rating either i mean he can I, exist in the other properties but him as a solo entity his movies need to be r yes yeah, yeah. 
I, I mean, I'm going to say that they're, I, I, I would put money on the fact that they're going to introduce Deadpool into the MCU with some very incredibly meta breaking storyline, like Deadpool kills the Marvel universe <laughs> or something like that, or Deadpool in secret wars or something like that, where, where we either you get something really high concept or you get uh, where like Marvel uh, where like Deadpool kills the Marvel universe or something like where they just go through every single existing MCU movie and just imply that he was there the whole time. With the with the focus of the new uh, the next phase, including a lot of like monster stories, I think maybe his last run before Secret Wars might be where they they oh, go. Oh, Kaiju Killer. No, no, with him married to Sheikla. Oh, the the queen uh, the the queen of monsters mm-hmm. or the the queen was it the queen of monsters or the queen of vampires? I don't remember. I didn't read that run, so I'm not sure. I loved it. I loved it. The art style was amazing. I don't remember who the artist was on it, but uh... regardless of what it ends up, I'm sure it'll be fun because, you know, Brian Reynolds is a pretty, yeah. pretty creative guy. So, yeah. Hey, I don't know if you guys know about this Ryan Reynolds, but I, I think he's I think he's going places, you know, should uh, yeah, keep an eye I used on to him. watch him on this TV show, Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place. Yeah. <laughs> him and Nathan Fillion. Oh, and that, that great movie, that great fun um, um, Oscar winner, uh, Van Wilder. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. <was> wonderful. <laughs> he did he's in an X-Files work episode, with custard too. creams in there. Which one was he in? Um, he's on. He's in the one where uh, the teenagers are getting abducted and they get the stuff on their back and then they die the little it's, two it's, dots? Season, it's like season one the little two dots on the back yeah the two dots i don't, I don't yep. remember him in that well not that one that th- that's the pilot okay there's there's another episode later where the the kids are going missing and anyways he ends up dying wow time for a rewatch <laughs> um hey todd what's up Lord of the Rings TV show, long gestating Lord of the Rings Amazon show, was officially announced to take place in the Second Age. Nice. Yeah. And they uh, released an official synopsis for that. But I guess when we talked before, you said it, they, they already knew that it was going to be a prequel show. I didn't even know that. I thought they were just. Like, yeah, fans had, fans had figured it out based on hints that Amazon had leaked. Yeah, yeah the, they had already said they weren't going to do anything with the modern timeline. Um, they couldn't. The, it was it was a rights issue with the modern timeline and and conflicting with what had already been put out. So they said, okay, so we're not going to deal with that mess. We're just going to go back and we're going to create a brand new story within the one of the other earlier ages. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's what we're going to get. Yeah, even even you know, just as we're mentioning earlier in the podcast even with fellowship being 20 years ago now, which hurts to say uh, it still just feels too relevant to just try to reboot that same story like that. It it would be, I don't know, to me, it would seem insane to just retread the same old ground. Um, Then again, we've had a thousand Spider-Men in like five years, but I mean, I mean, as long as they're as long as they're classics, and as long as people keep reading them, they'll be they'll be 
demand for a, a modern retelling of them. So yes. in 10, 15 years, you, you don't know. You might see the actual ones. Hell, when I was reading that Lord of the Rings was 20 years old, guess what else is 20 years old? What? The first fucking Harry Potter movie is now 20 years old. So, yeah, like, well, later be, this year it will be. Yeah, yeah, it might. It won't be too much longer before people start saying, oh, hey, maybe we, we start redoing Harry Potter. Maybe we do. Well, that's already happening. I mean, I was reading uh, in some rumors that uh, they're trying to pitch an adult Harry Potter movie. Yeah, like, the adult or like a more raunchier version of the current Harry Potter story. No, it's just no, him not as like an a, adult, like Harry Banger or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> Those already exist, believe me. Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. Um, no, th- supposedly Warner Brothers is interested because because Fantastic Beasts has been such a colossal fuck up that uh, they're interested in um, having new stories with the existing actors because the actors have all largely gone on to pretty much relative success speaking um, of Matt Mickelson for, for, for um, well he kind of went out on his own terms he didn't really want to act any further yeah. so he's got a kid now he's doing his dad thing mm-hmm. um, but speaking of Mads Mickelson earlier uh, he I don't know if it's rumored or official casting but he is replacing um, oh that's official now oh it's official now yeah so oh. in the next Fantastic Beasts he, he'll be playing Grindelwald uh, replacing are they going to pull a, a war machine with it this is me get over it <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's either that just don't acknowledge it at all or i mean it's he... just just getting goofier and goofier they've already had like a thousand scooby-doo reveals with these movies like no that wasn't my real supposedly face. they this actually like, supposedly they actually face. approached um they approached uh penguin um Danny DeVito? No, from the first, <laughs> from the first fantastic, from the first fantastic Beast movie. Uh, um, Colin, um, Colin Farrell. Colin, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Supposedly, they approached Colin Farrell and asked to see if he was interested in coming back to take mm. over the character, but he was so busy with Batman that he couldn't. Oh, I didn't like Colin Farrell as him, but I also didn't like Johnny Depp either. So I don't really know who would. I'm just glad that well. Johnny Depp is gone. Honestly. I just feel like that character was just never really like polished enough. And so therefore, no matter who they chose to play it, it just never was going to feel right. Yeah, I agree with that. That whole felt pretty forced bit of them, like not like settling on who was the real Grindelwald. I don't know. It was just seemed like a cop out. Yeah. Maybe they shouldn't have got the literary author to write a screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's I, I wonder out of sheer morbid curiosity, if they keep making them and complete the story, I'll probably watch them eventually. But I, at this point, I'm wondering, like, I mean, long term, be though, better if you gonna, just band, just shuffle those under the rug. Long term, they're going to have serious issues with the fandom with with J.K. Rowling, because oh, they already have. I already personally, they already I have do. already personally said that I'm never purchasing any. I will never fill the pockets of J.K. Rowling ever again. I think they'll still make enough business to keep the train going. Um, maybe. I'll go to Universal Orlando, but I will not buy Butterbeer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think I think the majority of the casual fans have no idea how much of a scumbag she is, so that'll it'll never really hurt their pocket. pocket I don't book. know. I feel like it's fairly decently known at this point, and it will continue to be known because she's not going to stop. <laughs> she's no. just going to get worse. But I mean, ninety percent of the ninety percent of people don't actually use Twitter, so I don't use sure. Twitter. Nobody yeah. really. She's eating her own. Hey. Yeah, I think as as much as we like to, or as much as we feel, it feels sometimes that the whole world is clued in. Um, That's true. There's a lot of people we are, that that we are on a geek podcast. So. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't spend all day every day on Twitter or on the internet, and uh, shockingly, I know it's crazy. <laughs> Scouring the news for any juicy tidbit we can use for our media empire. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, not scrolling endlessly on things to be mad about. About. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad about you. Um. So doom scrolling. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I just got this picture of like Doctor Doom, just like ugh, <laughs> the world. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's nice. Yeah, just like ugh, what is the United States doing? You can imagine him just like on the <laughs> toilet, but like with his mask on, like still in full, mostly full garb, and just <laughs> like just scrolling, just just mad at the human race. <laughs> um, hey. Here's a wacky one. Uh, Meg was shocked to hear earlier. Dexter, as in <laughs> Michael C. Hall, Dexter, oh, yeah. coming back for a limited series. Uh, um, okay. I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, specifically, uh, I was delighted in an interview I read with Michael C. Hall. He was acknowledging, like, yeah, I really hope that we can uh, you know, wrap things up better than they Lose the beard? Did. <laughs> um also clancy brown coming as the main villain yeah hey this I'm, takes the take this takes our clancy brown discussion full circle i'm i'm down with that anytime mr krabs is up on screen i'm <laughs> i'm in um so i yeah. mean still to this day my favorite role from his him is in uh season two of lost see okay i don't even remember what he's uh he's he's charlie or not charlie um he's um the constant, uh, the guy who's stuck in the hatch. He's oh, his partner. He's his partner before he took off. He was? Jeez. Yep. God, I remember almost nothing from that show. He's only in like two episodes. But wow. Okay. Maybe four total. I, I listened to, a, I heard a podcast interview with him recently. I think he was on Marin and uh, he was talking about how uh, the, uh, the, prison guard role for Shawshank uh, mm. he thought he was convinced that he wasn't going to get it like he was like, like he said he had a terrible audition um, he had to like scream at some some woman like horrible things and he like so funny because Clancy Brown's this huge imposing dude and he has yeah. such an iconic role there being this bastard you know guard that's and he, he couldn't get himself to yell at this poor woman as this actress. <laughs> like yeah. she's like, no, she's like, come on, like, you know, do it. I'm okay. And he, go. Couldn't, yeah. he, he was such a gentleman. He could not for the life of him do like get there and get that 
angry and sinister <laughs> mindset. You know, but I didn't is- realize I didn't realize he was in Shawshank. Now oh, that yeah. you now that you say it, you know what's interesting then is that there's an alternate universe where uh Clancy Brown either played the governor or Negan. <laughs> in the universe where where he's still in control of uh the franchise. Oh. I I would have loved to see him as the governor. I think that would have been rad. Right? Clancy yeah. Brown is the governor. Oh, that yeah. would have been amazing. Cool. Um I want to live in that universe. <laughs> um bouncing back to star trek really quick i you know i i try loosely to try to gauge the connect the dots connect things in like okay here we're going to talk about movie or like here's like all the star wars news or here's all the tv it does we all it just all it's called getting off topic tony exactly so uh apparently Whoopi Goldberg has been uh, teasing potentially showing up in Picard season two. Guinan, yeah. Bringing well, back Guinan. When the first season came out, Picard just straight up said, you are welcome on the show if you choose to, to come. We will, we will make a part for you. I like how you just called him Picard instead of Patrick Stewart. <laughs> he is but, Picard, damn it. Yeah, that's just who he is. But yeah, yeah. That, uh, apparently he offered it straight up like, hey, come on at any time. But um, there's, it's been coming back in the headlines more lately. And I, I think Whoopi Goldberg had some quote about like, hopefully you'll see me coming down the road, but enough they, they can't reveal anything if the, if it does happen. But. And she's definitely been acting more um, rather than her. She's in the stand. View. Yeah. The stand, which is CBS all access. Did you watch that? I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to binge yeah. it sometime. I yeah. haven't either. I've heard very mixed, mixed reviews. Yeah, I've heard mixed reviews too. Yeah. Um, this is a, a random one that Megan I thought was really cool. Um, since we've been on our supernatural binge, uh, one cool thing the CW is doing they there's actually a a spinoff show coming, which on the surface sounds like oh god another spinoff, but it's uh it's called Trickster, and uh, stars um. Probably going to butcher this name, but Joel Olet. Um, but it's uh, basically starring a, as with him as an indigenous teen um, who is uh, a trickster in the uh, in the supernatural verse. He's has powers or whatever. But between this and um, uh, Taika's show coming for, oh, uh, for Reservation Advice, Dogs, Reservation Dogs. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that they're uh, they're putting out more representation for the indigenous folk i mean it's really surprising that that indigenous peoples have been so ignored by the media for so long despite the fact that like there's a rich tapestry of storytelling you can get out of their experiences you know yeah yeah and along with the i mean you know with the theme of supernatural of course they um there's a lot of opportunity for them there was in an interview they were talking about how they can blend um a lot of the uh, cultural beliefs um mixed in with the um you know the supernatural monster verse and what have you um mythology and stuff but yeah i think it's pretty cool i was we were kind of uh we we actually watched uh, this past week there was a uh, a documentary series on the 80s of nat geo i think or what was I'm that i'm not paying attention what 
<laughs> Never mind. Thanks, Meg. Huge help. <laughs> there was a, like a six part uh, hour long documentary series we just watched on the 80s, like the just the 80s as a decade in the whole and everything. Like, not that we need like more VH1 of that, but I love the 80s. Uh, no, it wasn't like corny shit like that, but it was really breaking down the whole decade. You know, they talked about pop culture. They talked about the whole you know, Reagan administration, they, they broke down was a whole CNN, the eighties. I don't know. Maybe whatever. Uh, Rob Lowe narrated it. Um, yeah, I think but, that was CNN's the eighties. Okay. Maybe. Uh, but there was a part where they talked about the whole, um, uh, well, when they're talking about TV and like groundbreaking series and stuff, uh, at one point they got to the Cosby show and regardless of, bill cosby himself and where that ended up um that got us in conversation about how you know that uh that was huge for the you know representation of the african-american middle class family like oh yeah this does actually exist and different shades of you know different minority groups actually exist and uh well also showing middle class african-americans at all which yeah was not a thing that happened very often exactly yeah yeah and then when this news popped up and that guy was talking about like oh my god yeah like when how often do you see bless you um thank you you know indigenous people represented at all except for the random episode of x files or supernatural for example when they when they run into when they have to go talk to the old wise man or something you know <laughs> like that's the only show the, there's so the many shows that episodes. i the only show that you actually get to see that in is longmire i think that's the only thing that comes to comes to well the, there was that in northern exposure but northern yeah. exposure ended in the in like 1997 yeah i longmire's on my list to get around to uh, i mean um i've heard a lot of good things about it and you know i dig katie sack off so definitely a good like casual watch it's like binging it i think is probably too much because the episodes kind of run together it's kind of like the same episode of the week with the the overarching story it's kind of a katie sackoff <laughs> and walker texas ranger essentially <laughs> pretty much okay yeah oh right. speaking of supernatural and walker oh yeah yeah jared padalecki's starting his uh walker reboot <laughs> which yeah that works tim in a cowboy hat do you know who uh, created Walker, Texas Ranger? Huh. The guy who wrote Crash, Paul Haggis. Really? Yep. He was the executive producer and showrunner and creator of Walker, Texas Ranger. I'll be damned. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Before he left the Church of Scientology. Huh. Looks like we're uh, coming up on our time limit again. God damn it. Ugh. Okay. All right. Well, we're, we're getting pretty long here, so let me try to wrap things up anyway. Uh, monster movies. Let's talk monster movies. Universal. Classic, the OG Universal monster movies you can actually see as of now on YouTube streaming for free. Nice. Uh, yeah, Universal That's pretty cool because those those can sometimes be hard to get good copies of. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so it was starting uh, this Friday, actually, the 15th, just two days ago. Um, they started releasing them. They're releasing them day by day. So on the 15th, they dropped Dracula, and 1931 Dracula, and 1932 The Mummy. That uh, 1931 Dracula is really a fantastic mood piece. It, it is still creepy. 
it's not scary like it would have been back then mm. but it is haunting and it's beautiful and highly recommended yeah megan and i finally watched it just uh a couple years ago i want to say and isn't that the one that we saw at the uh hey meg you paying attention <laughs> which movie are we talking the, about the 1931 bella lugosi dracula is that the one that we saw at the yes. uh Sturm center yeah it was really cool yeah the Sturm theater um uh out here in orange county they did a live well they did a, a screening of it along with um philip glass and a little uh string quartet doing the soundtrack live so they they did a live performance string quartet for the soundtrack as the movie was playing it was pretty that's rad yeah it's a really good time are they going to release the uh, 58 with cushing and uh, christopher lee um, I would imagine, probably. Possibly. These these are the the original old school ones. So you've got Dracula, the Mummy, uh, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, The Visible Man, The Wolf Man, and Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Meet Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love That's that a good one. That's so yeah. good. All of those are out uh, officially as of today. Um, the so first started... crossover movie. Yeah. Because don't they end up? Don't they end up uh, seeing the other characters too? Uh, they see the mummy. I don't. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah, it's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I don't know. The if mummy is just... also in it. Yeah, I think that maybe the same one. Mummy's also in that one too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You can uh, look for those on YouTube. Well, it makes sense because Marvel is trying to rehabilitate before, yeah. the uh, Universal Monsters brand. Um, yeah, they've been. They oh, they've been trying. <laughs> Invisible Man. Was... That was phenomenal yeah that Megan and i watched that that was incredible that was one of the best horror movies i've seen in years that was really good yeah um elizabeth elizabeth moss um and isn't um uh uh ryan gosling playing um the wolfman yes yeah i forgot yeah. about that one yeah that one's still in the progress. next in a long line of failed wolfman movies <laughs> reboots <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they do. Benicio del Toro. He just yeah. has to play his character from Drive, but with fur on. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just be silent and broody, and Come on. yeah, throw out a woo in there. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Come on. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, they pushed yeah. up. The, they pushed up the release date that was going to be out in May. Now it's March. Uh, theatrical and HBO Max. So I still have to watch the last Godzilla movie. Still really well, looking forward to it. Still disappointed with the, the power creep. Oh, Godzilla's uh, yeah, up and down powers. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, HBO Max released that um that sizzle trailer yesterday. I think of of clips from all the 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 slate of day and date releases this year, mm -hmm. um, and it had footage from every single thing except for. The Matrix. Oh. Which I was just wondering, it's like that movie comes out in like nine months. We haven't seen anything from it. Yeah. I hope we don't. Uh, I hope I hope they just drop the movie. Keep, yeah, just drop the movie. Just give us title gotta be cards. Some, there's gotta be some music. big twist, right? There has to be some like error defining like twist. I would imagine there there's going to be. Uh, I did see uh, another speaking another one that we haven't seen shit about uh, until now. Uh, Mortal Kombat. There were a few uh, little screen grabs that came out. 
Yeah, some stills and the main. Is actor. that is Mortal Kombat by the same people who made the web series? I don't think so. Don't know. So it is. It is a new. It is a new director. A uh, first time director. Uh, I'll have to look him up. But Simon Mc McCoyd. Hmm. I, yeah, I don't know what he's uh done. Australian director. I don't know. We'll see. I mean the. Um, yeah, the few little stills look cool, and they were talking about how there's really the heart of it is the whole uh, blood feud uh, between uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero. Uh, that should be good. So, and I'm guessing they're definitely setting that up for franchise. So, yeah, probably yeah. most likely. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and finally, I had unless there's other uh, geek news out there, I had. Three little bits. Uh, I feel that we should uh, honor these three people. One is a, a downer. One is a sad note. And two uppers to end on. Uh, beloved World of Warcraft player and cosplayer. Um, actually, more popularly known as the uh, South Park guy. Uh, Jared. <laughs> Jared. Nan How do you say? Nandin? Jared Nandin. Passed away from COVID. Um, R.I.P. Over the holidays. Times actually. Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, unfortunate to hear. But uh, yeah, beloved by many. Everybody who uh, reported, you know, met him at the. He'll respawn in heaven. He will. He'll respawn yeah. in heaven. Yes. Uh, apparently, yeah. really good friends with uh, Matt Mercer. Yeah, everybody said he's a really cool guy, really humble, and really. Uh, and uh, kind of use this platform to talk about uh, inclusivity, body positivity, all that stuff. So, yeah, I met him a couple of times at BlizzCon and WonderCon. Good dude. Yeah, yeah. I saw. Uh, I found out when I saw on Instagram uh, Michelle Morrow's post about him, just uh, paying tribute to him. And yeah. Anyway, R.I.P. Um, and to end on an upper, we have. Two old timers still still kicking. Uh, still full of life. James Earl Jones turned 90 today. Oh my gosh. Betty White turns 99. And Betty White turned 99. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Apparently That's... she has a, a project coming out. Uh, something that was supposedly lost like 30 years ago. That uh... Uh, I think her show that was... Uh, pet something. Pet from moves the 70s. Or... The pet set. Pet set. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Aired in ninety in nineteen seventy one, and she uh, produced and hosted it, highlighting celebrities and their pets. <laughs> it's gonna she go up on YouTube or something. Yeah, yes, but yeah, yeah. I guess she's working on uh, trying to get that uh, restored and released. And she said she was gonna spend today her ninety ninth, uh, just making some calls, working on that, and feeding the two little ducks that come to visit her at her home. Aww. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, James Earl Jones turning 90. He uh, reiterated that he's still full of life, having fun. He loves working. He's going to keep acting as long as he possibly can. He's got... Do you uh, think he's in, in... Do you think he's in Coming to America? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, he's in the trailer and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to treat himself to some strawberry shortcake today, he said, which is his favorite. <laughs> oh. Nice. Yeah. Oh, shit. We got less than a minute to go. 
But yeah, that's uh, yeah. See you guys on the other side. (laughs) Yeah, the other side, side, Ray. (laughs) This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Byron. And Meg. (laughs) And Meg coming in. And Meg. Thank you for joining, guys. Stay frosty. Bye.